Across the world, powerful mages are disappearing without a trace and nobody has been able to learn what happened to them. The Talioth, once the guardians of the mage order, have vanished. Along the border of Rion, an age-old conflict with neighbouring Shivasa is coming to life again. Could one girl be enough to save them all? Enter Alex Egalian, born into the small peaceful country of Rion, a place almost untouched by past war. Alex knows little of mages or battles, but soon after her 16th birthday, her world is shattered when she learns she's the daughter of a mage and must travel to the distant country of Tregaya to learn magic at Dark Skull Hall. Stripped of comforts and everything familiar to her, torn away from the boy she loves and surrounded by strangers, Alex is plunged into a world where she'll rely on courage, magic and her wits to survive. This novel is book one of the Mage Chronicles and it's called Dark Skull Hall. Dark Skull Hall's author is Lisa Cassidy, born in Melbourne and now living in Canberra, which is, by the way, a hotspot of Australian fantasy fiction. She mostly writes novels in fantasy series, though occasionally breaks out with short stories on things like unicorns and ninjas. Lisa is a prolific writer. She's published six books so far, and one of them, A Tale of Stars and Shadow, is currently a finalist in the self-published blog-off competition. Her next book is coming out on April 1st. Lisa Cassidy also runs the independent publisher Tate House. When she's not writing, she's a basketball spectator and drinks buckets of coffee. This is Galactic Chat. I'm Helen Stubbs, and welcome to the show, Lisa Cassidy. Thanks so much for having me, Helen. I'm thrilled to be here. It's a pleasure. Um, so, how are you going? What's been going on? Uh, I'm going well. I'm pretty busy at the moment um, putting the finalising touches on um, my next book coming out, as you just mentioned, um, book three in my current series, which is out on the 1st of April. Awesome. Um, the book itself exists in book format now, so I'm doing a very final read-through and picking up any final errors um, and kind of getting everything ready to go. So you've got like a galley copy to, to check everything and then you're before you do the final run? Is that the...? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so what's it called? Called A King of Masks and Magic. Awesome. And it's the third novel in your current series. And yeah. what's that series called? So the series is called A Tale of Stars and Shadow. Right. It's going to be four books in total, so this is the second last one. Um, first book came out in June last year. Um, as, as opposed to my Mage Chronicles series, which you already touched on, this one's yeah. adult fantasy, so it's kind of less focused on the teen angst and, and has a bit more of the, the battles and magic and that sort of adult, more adult themes in it. Awesome. And I'm guessing it probably has another strong female character as the main character or...? Yes, it certainly does. The series switches between two point of view um, characters, um, but one of them, and probably the primary one, is Talon Dynan, who is a very, very strong, very kind of kick-ass female character um, who, who has some emotional, um, I guess, trauma in her past that she's kind of getting over, which, which for me makes her a much more relatable character. But, um, yeah, she's pretty amazing. Absolutely. It would enrich her character. And um, so what is it about, what is it that makes you want to write those strong female characters? Like, I, I, I love that. That's really good. But Yeah, I guess it comes from, from being a uh, female myself, and I love the idea 
of people reading my books and thinking that a girl or a grown woman um, can be just as amazing as anyone else in the world um, and can be as strong maybe in different ways um, but can be as tough and can really kind of be in charge and lead and and make good things happen. And I, I think that's a really good example um, for, for other girls and women out there to read and think they can do that too. Absolutely. And um, so um... – Alex in Dark Skull Hall, um, can you tell us a bit about her and her relationships to others? I love that she seems a bit of a reluctant heroine. So um, can you tell us a bit about her, her hero's journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I deliberately um, wanted to make Alex kind of in the beginning. She's a very sheltered girl. She's shown up, grown up in a very uh, sheltered bubble um, with like yeah. a father who adores her and she's popular at court and everyone loves her and she's really never really had to try and she doesn't really have much of experience of what the outside work or outside world or reality is like. Yeah. Um, and and in terms of being thrown into a kind of a dangerous situation quite quickly, um, quite like I think most of us might actually react is not being automatically awesome at everything and automatically brave and you know automatically standing up to the bad guys straight away and being like I'm awesome. I can um, understand we, just wanting to do the minimum and you know get through the year and yeah. get out of there. <laughs> Yeah, if I was set upon by a band of um, horse riding soldiers waving swords at me, I don't know that I'd be uh, immediately jumping into the fray either. Um, and I, so I kind of wanted to come at it from that perspective and show how she a starts to learn about how the real world and other people who live in that world uh, experience the world so differently from her, having quite a lot of privilege, um, but also learning how to be strong and learning how to fight back, not necessarily just with magic or battles, but but learning um, all the different ways you can be strong and then kind of developing into that hero character as opposed to starting out being awesome kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's an enjoyable journey to read too because, like, to see this person who's who's been living in this, like, perfect life and get sort of thrust into this place where she's cold and hungry and can't get to yeah. breakfast, like, yeah. I think there's a bit of an enjoyment there too on the reader's side. But you wanted to succeed, but at the same time it's kind of fun to see her suffer. I guess. Yeah, I think we've probably all, all experienced, I think, particularly when we're young as teenagers or we have this idea of what we think our life should be or what we want it to be. Yeah. Um, and then things come along that change that, that, that are out of your control. Um, and then you kind of learn that maybe the new path you're on isn't so bad and that maybe kind of is, can positives can be found out of that as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. Opportunities. To, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so... Uh, in Dark Skull Hall, on the one hand, there are the mages, which is what Alex is, but there's also Talith, who are pretty cool, um, and there's some interesting codependence and tension between these two types of people. So I don't usually ask authors where they get their ideas, but was there a specific historical inspiration for the Talith, or did they emerge organically from your writing process or something else altogether? They definitely emerged organically. Um, I liked the idea of having um, people in the book that had abilities that were a natural foil for the mages because the, the mages can be quite powerful yeah. even though the large majority only have a single power. Um, so it was interesting to have um, a, not a race but like a group of people who had an ability that were kind of immune to that yeah. um, and then how that, that interplay between how the mages are either scared of or respect or kind of rely on, on that ability themselves um, and then play with that, which having read through the series, I'm sure you see how that kind of all plays out, which is yeah. quite fun to write. It sets up a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so 
You established the publisher Tate House to publish Dark Skull Hall. Um, how did you make that decision to self-publish and has it been smooth sailing or a big learning experience? Definitely the latter. So I guess I started writing when I was a teenager, so I was about 16 or 17, and for, for several years after that I had absolutely no intention of trying to publish in any way. And did I, you was that novels or short stories that you started with? Or? Most novels. Like the yeah. first thing I ever read is a no, uh, wrote is a novel and it's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. But, like, it's, you know, 80,000 words long. Um, That's still pretty I, good for, like, a yeah. teenager to pen out yeah. something that long. <laughs> if you don't want to read it, though. <laughs> um, I think I've I, probably got one that's similar, so don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure we all, all do. Yeah. Pieces. Um, but I loved the writing as a hobby. I had kind of no intention of publishing. I kind of dreaded the idea of any editor ever looking at it and in my head would tear it apart and make it into something it wasn't, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but then a few years ago, like something kind of changed and I kind of thought actually I actually might want to do something with this um, and kind of going forward try and kind of shift my life into being able to do this full time as an author. Awesome. Uh, and then, the, yeah, the choice was kind of presented. Um, I did a heap of research in traditional publishing versus self-publishing. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of pros and cons of each uh, option. For me, essentially it came down to self-publishing, the control that you can have over it. Yeah. Um, and, and the being able to kind of build up your own business, which is what I'm trying to do with, with Tate House. Um, awesome. Uh, there are, yeah, the, the challenges that you kind of mentioned definitely come into play. Um, one of them is visibility and coverage. So obviously with a traditional publisher, your kind of books are out there in every bookstore um, around yeah. the place. It's easy for people to find them. Lots of people see them out there. Um, yeah. That's much harder to establish when you're a self-published author. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of still working towards that. Um, but I'm loving the process. Like I have no regrets about that decision and I'm definitely very um, still committed to doing it this way. I guess it is quite a multidisciplinary process, isn't it? Because, um, yeah. you know, it, it is like a business rather than just writing. Um, so Absolutely. how much of the process do you do yourself and how much do you outsource? Like your covers are awesome. So do you do, you just, <laughs> do, you do those? Or? No. <laughs> So um, I do a lot of it myself. So I do obviously I do all the writing myself. Yeah. Um, I have an editor um, who does two rounds of edits on each each book. Um, who I who I pay to do that, um, yeah. and then I have a cover designer who works on the covers because I have absolutely no artistic skill whatsoever. Um, a stick figure is probably my best impression of drawing anything. <laughs> Um, so it's kind of a collaboration with a, with a designer who, who specializes in book covers and kind of talking through what I'd like to see, what the story themes are and that sort of thing and, and coming up with that final image, which I agree. I think that I love the covers I've got in mind so far. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's so good that you have that, that say, like, you know, and what the title is and what the cover is and all that sort of stuff. It's that, that must mean, a, I think that means a lot to writers to have that. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely true. And the control over um, time frame for publishing too. Um, I can kind of publish when I'm ready. I don't need to kind of wait on 18 months, two year type time frames, which I think is fairly standard for traditional yeah. publishing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can get the covers I want. I can advertise it where I want. I can place it where I want. That's yeah. the thing. Awesome. So talking about advertising and marketing, is that something you focus on and how do you reach your market? Oh. Yeah. So self-publishing as a business, I think, 
it takes time to build to get that kind of coverage that you would get normally with a traditional publisher. So while you have all the benefits of everything being under your control um, and, and your envision and that sort of thing, it takes more time and effort, I think, getting it off the ground. Yeah. Um, I do uh, fa- uh, Facebook and Amazon advertising, um, yeah. mainly Amazon. Um, that's yeah. a craft in and of itself to learn. So the marketing side of things is like a whole new thing you've got to learn, which is kind of even separate to writing and publishing. Um yeah. Doing it right and learning how to do it and getting it right, you can. I think you ha- can have. There are, you know, multiple self-published authors out there making millions um, from you know successful advertising and that sort of thing. Um, I'm still kind of in the learning process with that, but you, you can kind of see incremental improvement as time goes by, and it's really kind of heartening to see that. Um, but it takes a lot of work as well. Right. Do you engage a lot with your readers, or not so much? Yeah, so I'm increasingly trying to do more of that as well. So I have a monthly newsletter that goes out um, that people can sign up to via my website and the details at the back of my books as well. Yeah. Um, I let them know every month kind of what's going on with the books, what I'm reading at the moment, um, little tips and inside stuff. Like they'll they'll see covers before anyone else does. Does They'll see the awesome. back of the work before anyone else does. Um, and then I have an advanced reader team. So there's about 30 people in that team at the moment. They get all my books a month before they publish. Great. And they and they help out with reviews. So they'll read it early and they'll put an honest review up, uh, you know, on Amazon and Goodreads and places like that. So it, it creates a little bit of early buzz for the book. Um, yeah. And we have a private Facebook group and we kind of have chats in there. It's, we have a lot of fun in the group. Um, we have – when I first send out the advanced copy, we have like a two-week emoji rule where you can only talk about the book in emojis, which is pretty fun to see <laughs> response in emojis. Um, so, That's yeah, and I love that. I love talking to readers um, and engaging with them. It's one of the best parts of yeah. writing. Yeah, awesome. That's really great. Well, wow, they're, they're really cool cool um, things that you're doing. Um, so you are a prolific writer, though. I'm wondering how you have time to write between doing all that as well and, and working through. So um, how much writing do you do and when do you get your writing done? So I write most uh, – so I work pretty much all weekends. Um, I have a day job um, that kind of is normal nine to five. Um, I usually work for about an hour and a half each night, so about – Half of that's on marketing and business type stuff and about half of that I try and get a little bit of writing in every day. Yeah. And then the weekends I'm, I usually spend several hours. So I usually spend about four or five hours a day um, on the weekend writing. Yeah. Um, and so you so, obviously love being at your – you love your writing, you know. It's, it's like yes. a alternative yes. world that you love to sink into. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't feel yeah. like work. It feels like fun. Yeah. Um, it's also a good stress reliever. I mean, as, as you would know as a writer as well, it's nice to be able to kind of just – get your thoughts and feelings on a page and express them through a character and that yeah. kind of helps you get your own thoughts straight on things. Yeah. Awesome. Um, something else I was just going to ask when you were saying that. Now I can't remember what it was, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, so, yeah, as well as loving writing, you love reading too, I think, just from looking at your Instagram and that. Yeah. So, um yeah, is that why you were inspired to be a writer with reading or I don't know? Absolutely. So I, I think I was reading like like I think I was reading like Lord of the Rings when I was like eight years old or something. Yeah. Um, I was kind of always in the advanced reader class at school. I think sometimes I didn't know what to do with me because I just get through things so quickly. Um, awesome. But fantasy was almost my favorite and I think it just naturally by the time I kind of got into my mid to late teens just wanted to start telling my own stories um yeah was, there was a couple of Australian authors who are 
who I absolutely adored and have kind of really inspired me, and particularly Isabel Carmody. I don't know if you've read the Omen Union Chronicles. As I said, one of my favorite series of all time. Um, awesome. And Sarah Douglas as well with the Access Trilogy. Um, yeah, I, I have read Sarah Douglas's. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, you mentioned on your website that you give a portion to your royalties to the charity One Girl. Um, what sort of stuff does One Girl do? So One Girl um, is a charity based in Melbourne. Um, they do a lot of work in Africa, so specifically in Uganda and Sierra Leone, um, and they are really focused on changing the environment so that girls have a better education. So a lot of different things that affect, like there's a, I don't have the numbers right here, but there's a, quite a high percentage of girls that just don't go to school for most of the year um, due to um, not having appropriate uh, a, a way to manage like their menstruation. periods and stuff, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, or even things like there are no toilet facilities at schools, so kids kind of go into the into the bushes where there's things like snakes and that sort of thing, um, yeah. or just go to school. Um, and they so they have a lot of programs that kind of empower the girls themselves to learn more about things like managing menstruation, um, but also getting through school, giving them paying for their books, that sort of thing, helping them then go back and help others. Um, so kind of just trying to see change in the environment makes it easier um for, awesome. for the girl education yeah it's pretty amazing what they do yeah that's a really great initiative and i think it's really important for um, businesses to to look at those sort of social outcomes too as part of their um their business yeah and that was something i was really keen to do um yeah, yeah when i started this awesome um do you have any tips for writers around writing or self-publishing I guess what I would say is there's so many tips um, and advice out there and some of it's really conflicting and different. I think every writer is different and every way you can approach writing is different. So I would almost say don't allow any specific advice to kind of turn you away. That's such good advice. I love that advice. It's like don't listen to everything that everyone says. Yeah, yeah. Something will be right for you and something won't be right for you. You've got to – I think at the end of the day, the key is you've got to come up with a process that works for you. Um, like some writing advice is like you should sit down and write for 30 minutes every single day. And it's like, well, that doesn't work for me. Like I, sometimes the ideas are flowing and sometimes they're not. And if I try and force it, uh, you know, the, the product is not great. So, yeah. yeah, I think the advice is find a process that works for you and trust yourself um, and what feels right for you rather than sticking too much to what everyone tells you you should do yeah absolutely so um what are you, are you working on another book now while um preparing um for the launch or is it all focused on on that launch coming up no i am so i'm actually the book four in the series is currently with my editor for the first round of edits and that's due back this weekend so i will be starting on the first round of edits with that awesome um, I'm also starting to turn my mind to what I'm going to work on or what I'm going to look to publish, what the series I'm going to work on next after this one comes out. So I haven't firmly decided on that. I'm working on a couple different things. Okay. Do you, do you ever sleep? <laughs> I do. Okay. Sometimes. Just thought I'd check. Um, and no, I like my sleep. I'm one of those people that kind of needs about eight hours a day a night to function. Me too. Else. I love yeah. my sleep. I'm a yeah, cranky bitch. Um, so uh have you watched or read anything that you've loved lately um the most thing the latest five star read i had was the dark dawn series or sorry the never night series by jay christoph cool um which like it was just amazing i loved it 
to awesome. death. Every, every, all the three books in the series. Um, in terms of TV, The Witcher, I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. Yeah, I was talking to Ike really? about that too. I, I love The Witcher. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It took me an episode or two to figure out what was going on with the timeline and whatnot, but once once I had it all straight, I really, really I had to it. watch the whole thing twice. I had no idea what was going on with the timeline. I'm like, is that the same person? Oh, they're the same person. But I like that. Yeah. In, um, yeah, I don't mind not understanding the first time around. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for your time, Lisa. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks to our listeners for listening to Galactic Chat and see you later.